Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Live from Martin's Barbecue downtown. Touchdown Titans! This is Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico. Part of the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. With your host, Jason Martin, senior writer and editor of TitansOnline.com, Jim Wyatt, and former Titans pro bowler, Mark Mariani. From the official station of the Titans, 104.5 The Zone. I wanted to see if ours looked better than theirs. That's what head coach Mike Vrabel said about the pass, not from Marcus Mariota, but to Marcus Mariota from Darius Jennings. It came one series after Julian Edelman found his top target, Tom Brady, and Brady subsequently found the grass stumbling with the football and falling short of the sticks. Sunday at Nissan Stadium, Coach Vrabel, I have an answer for you. Did yours look better than theirs? The answer, an emphatic yes. And by yours, we mean your football team. It's performance, it's offense, it's defense, it's special teams, and at least on this Sunday, it's coach and it's staff as well. That was a historic win for the now 5-4 and four Tennessee Titans who followed up a three-game losing streak with two victories in the past seven days. You hear Martin's Barbecue where we're live here for Monday Night Titans. A lot of Titans fans in the house. I'm gonna, I said to 3HL before we went on, I had a stat off the top that would blow your mind. How historic was this victory yesterday for the Titans over the New England Patriots? Well, I want to take you back to November the 23rd, 2000. Almost 18 years ago, the New England Patriots played the Detroit Lions that day. Drew Bledsoe started that game. And a guy who had never entered a football game in his life ended up finishing it at quarterback. And that gentleman's name was Tom Brady. It was his first football game in the NFL. And not since that day have the New England Patriots been beaten by 24 or more points after the fourth week of the regular season. It has never happened since the first day Tom Brady stepped on the field and the Tennessee Titans did it yesterday at home to the New England Patriots. That is how we welcome you in. To Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Joined as always, TitansOnline.com senior editor and writer Jim Wyatt. Joined as always, former Titans pro bowler, current real estate magnate, and fellow Martin's barbecue sliced turkey plate lover Mark Mariani. I am Jason Martin. Welcome to the show. Gentlemen, last we did this show two Mondays ago and we did progress reports to every facet of this team. And look, there were a lot of Ds. We were fighting Fs. We took a call that <laughs> delivered the F. We had a couple C minuses. Team had not performed. It was three and four. Two of the previous three were really, really ugly. And then, after one of the most dismal opening quarters of football you will ever see a team play seven evenings ago in Dallas, the Tennessee Titans appeared to make a decision. Nope, not happening. We're not done. 
Dallas could not take advantage of the two fumbles that was nearly three. Dak Prescott threw one of the worst interceptions we have ever witnessed on the NFL level trying to find Amari Cooper in the end zone. Kevin Byard picked it off. And then the Titans dominated the Cowboys on the road at Jerry World for the next three quarters. Then they hopped on an airplane. Then they came back to Nashville knowing that the New England Patriots were up next. And even though there was no Gronkowski, the Titans beat the Patriots. In fact, the Titans beat the Patriots down. They beat them down to the ground. They choked the life out of them. This was impressive. The team's season beats on, and at this stage might be in better shape than almost anybody could have seen or expected the last time they played in their own building, which was a 21 to nothing shutout humiliation at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll start with you, Jim. Your thoughts on 34-10, to 10, which I think has to rank on the list of most surprising beatdowns in recent memory, not just in franchise history, but perhaps in the league as a whole over the past handful of years. Yeah, I think just the way it happened, the Titans never let up, and really it never was a game in the second half. The Titans could, took control of it. I expected the Patriots to make a run. They never did. Brady looked out of sorts. He couldn't get rid of the ball fast enough, and uh, Titans kept coming after him. I think what we've seen on offense – Kind of been a combination of a lot of things over the last couple of weeks. Marcus getting healthier, you know, having more faith and trust in the receivers who are running better routes. He's getting better protect, protection. You mentioned the Baltimore game, uh, the last home game prior when they couldn't protect him at all. So that's come together. The defense continues to play at a high level, ranked number one in the league in scoring defense. And uh, things are coming together with seven games to go. They absolutely are. And, Mark, when we were here, we thought, all right, you've got to beat Dallas. That's a must-win game. You almost pencil in a loss against the Patriots because they're the Patriots, and that's just kind of how it happens. Most teams don't beat them in every decade with Bill Belichick, and the Titans did it yesterday. For them to be 2-0 and in those two games with the short break between Monday and Sunday, now they're 5-4 and with a back half of the schedule that is much more favorable to them than what they've already gone through. It actually feels pretty good right now for the Mike Vrabel-led Tennessee Titans. Well, and not only that, you hit it on the head. But it has been extremely, extremely impressive the way that they've won these last two football games. The Dallas Cowboys came out in the first quarter, and they gave us chances to quit. They, we turned the ball over. We put ourselves in a bad spot. We could have been down 17-0. Uh, but we fought back. We overcame that adversity. That's what I felt was most impressive about that game is we just didn't quit ever. They came out in the second half with the ball. We stopped them. I mean, over and over, we could have quit. And instead, we put our foot down. We drew the, la- we drew the line in the sand. And we just dominated the last eight quarters of football coming into this weekend. One of the most historic games that I've seen as a, as a Titan player or a fan. Uh, we, we, we get Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in our house. And you're right, we didn't just beat him down. He quit. They literally quit. Tom Brady checked himself out of the game. We got to see Brian Hoyer hand the ball off the last few carries. I mean, when has that happened? I mean, it was historic in every way. One of the greatest team wins I've ever seen. Guys making plays all over the field from... The 45th spot on the roster to number one, Marcus Mariota making roster. Every single man out there played their butt off, and it was an unbelievable team win. I can't think. I don't think you can ask for anything more. So we all saw it because we were here in town, and of course we were at the game yesterday. There were a ton of Patriots fans all over Nashville all weekend long. A whole lot of Mike Vrabel jerseys, as a matter of fact. But there were Brady and Gronk and Edelman jerseys everywhere you looked. It felt like 10 to 1 Patriots to Titans fans walking into Nissan Stadium yesterday. There was a moment in that football game where the Patriots crowd began to chant, Let's go, Patriots. And immediately, Marcus Mariota found Corey Davis between the hash marks for a first down, 
and I never heard a peep from those people again. Not one. We just continued to punch back. We answered every time, and, and you always expected something. Jim hit it in the beginning. You expected a comeback. You expected them to take the momentum, and the Titans just kept punching back. And not only punching back, we come out and score the first three possessions on offense. I mean, we set the tempo early in this game, which we'll talk about more. But it was, it was, we just answered every bell all day long. Well, a lot of them are still here. I mean, there's a guy playing ping pong behind us. He's got a Bruins shirt on and a Patriots <laughs> hat. There's a guy throwing darts over here. I hope he doesn't throw one at our table wearing a, wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. They ate this place out of wings and out of ribs over the course of the weekend, including some Bud Light. I was Jim's going, a little I was, salty about it. Going, he was, was trying going, to order the wings, yeah, and he said the, the Patriots fans took them all. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you're wearing that Dodgers lid, yeah. so this this guy, in him, you may come to blows with this guy That's before true. the end yeah, of the show. <laughs> That's true, and, and I drove by here on the way home last night, and, and the line was packed. I mean, so, you know, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Patriots obviously have a great following. They've got one of the best organizations, and they have for the last 15 you know, 16, 17 years. This is the It City. People love to come to Nashville to see a game. I, I regularly hear from people uh, and, and from people that cover teams in other cities. This is the city everybody wants to come to when the schedule comes out. So they all converged on Nashville. I think that's what's great about the Titans is they found a way to win these games at home. I don't care whether it's the Patriots, whether it's the Eagles or the season. Packers came in here a couple of years ago. They Titans have been winning games at home. Great for them to come to town. Welcome to town. Uh, but they're leaving uh, disappointed more times than not in recent years. And, you know, there are so many different ways that we can break this football game down, and we will through all of those prisms over the next 50 minutes or so. But the guy that I really want to talk about first, because he happens to have had his two best football games, both at Nissan Stadium, but against the defending Super Bowl champions and the guys that they beat in the Super Bowl, and that's Corey Davis. Corey Davis yesterday looked like the fifth pick in the draft. He was uncoverable through much of the game, and that's Stephon Gilmore covering him. Yes, New England's secondary is not the greatest secondary top to bottom, but Gilmore is nearly an elite-level player in his position, and he had a nightmare assignment trying to deal with 84 in the open field. Well, when he's on, I mean, he's, he is impossible to cover, and, and what we saw against the Eagles I think everybody kind of expected to see that week in and week out, and obviously the three games after that didn't equal the game against Philadelphia, but we're starting to see it come back again. I think a lot of it has to do with confidence. I think a lot of it has to do with his familiarity with his offense. Uh, you know, and, some, and again, so a lot of the success in the Titans passing game of late has been because of a combination of a lot of things, I think starting with the quarterback being healthy. But uh, when Davis is going – uh, he's tough to cover. I thought Dave McGinnis had a great line during the broadcast yesterday. You know, Gilmore at one point looked like he was the guy that, that fell out of a boat looking for a life preserver trying to keep his hands on Davis, and he couldn't find him. He was, he was hurting uh, trying to keep up with him. Mark, you were a special teams guy through much of your career. That's what you were known for. But you also, of course, played a lot of wide receiver, and you loved that position. You saw what Davis did. But I'm more interested in your thoughts on what we've seen from guys that were – not known like Cameron Batson. I mean, there have been some guys that all of a sudden are starting to step up and make plays for this football team that are also enabling guys like Corey Davis to emerge. Johnu Smith's another guy that all of a sudden is starting to do a couple of things out there. Yeah, well, we've talked about all the things we don't have, right? All the guys that have been injured and, and, and all the guys that have left the team and all that being said. Well, what does that do? It gives us a chance to step up. And everybody, like I said, from top to bottom made plays yesterday. Cameron Batson made a great plays. Not only in the receiving game, guys, I saw him out there covering kicks, being a, ter being a terror on special teams, and that's huge. 
That's huge when you got guys flying around. Darius Jennings, I want to say it on air, one of the most impactful plays of the game on Sunday was a 58-yard kick return to start the game. You come out of this, you come out when that bell rings and you hit the heavyweight champion in the mouth and then you give your offense the ball at the 40-yard line or whatever it was and give them the confidence that everybody gets a little pep in their step. Everybody comes out and gets a little more excited, gets a little more energetic. If there's any doubt, that guy in the back of your head just shrinks a little bit more when Darius Jennings makes a jump cut in the middle of the field and then turns on the Jets. I mean, guys all over the place were making plays. And back to Corey Davis, man, what a stud this guy is. They challenged us. The New England Patriots challenged us early in this game. They challenged us. They came up and got in our receiver's face, and they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to play a one-on-one -on -one game. And Corey Davis, time and time again, beat his guy one-on-one. -on -one. Time and time again, he made Stephon Gilmore look very average when he is one of the elite corners in the game. No doubt. I have so much to say. So do these two guys. So do our callers, maybe, at 615-737-1045. That's 737-1045. But let's stay on clock. We will take our first break here live from Martin's Barbecue. We will be back to continue to talk about one of the great weeks in the history of this franchise and one of the most surprising and impressive victories we have ever seen from the Tennessee Titans. This is Monday Night Titans on 104.5 The Zone. Congratulations, fellas. I want to tell you, when you stick to the plan and you believe in it, and we talked about serving each other, okay, serving each other when we left this locker room okay, at the beginning of the game. Okay, sometimes your number's not always called. Okay, sometimes you don't get the sack. Okay, sometimes you help somebody else. Okay, you help a teammate. Okay, DJ, they kicked it to you, you got that thing started. You got that thing started. How many passes did you catch today, DJ? One. But I'll tell you what, but, but, but the, my point is the kickoff got, got us going. Okay, the play got us going. We were more physical. Guys, you didn't hand them a single thing. You made them earn everything they had. Okay, everything they got, you made them earn. I saw coaches, I saw players figuring things out. Okay, we knew that's what the blueprint was to beat these guys. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the way that you guys prepared, okay? You guys believed in each other, you believed in the plan. But the thing I do is I look out there, man, you guys play hard. Okay, you can play hard. We're right back in this thing. We got to go on the road to the division opponent. Okay, we're going to get started on them on Wednesday. Okay. Tay, we need you back. Okay. Jack, whenever we can get you back. Morg, we need you back. We need everybody. Okay. And that's the thing, man. To go win games on the road in the division. Okay, we need everybody. We need great preparation. Okay. Marcus, get your in here and break yeah. Love all you guys. For the boys on three. One, two, three. For the Welcome back in Monday Night Titans here on 104.5 The Zone, presented by Geico, part of the Big Six. Mark Mariani, Jim Wyatt with me. I'm Jason Martin. Martin's Barbecue is popping tonight. Titans fans everywhere, and they should be happy. All these Patriots fans that are still out here, that's going to be a tough trip back to Boston because that was a beat em down that happened yesterday at the hands of the Tennessee Titans. Follow Mark on Twitter, by the way, at MarkMariani80. Follow Jim at Sports. I want to talk about Marcus Mariota because certainly he is a topic of discussion week after week when you talk about this football team. And I, I contextualized yesterday on the Big Six blog at 1045thezone.com that the two best performances or two of the better performances of Marcus Mariota's career have been against the two Super Bowl representatives Back in January, against the Eagles, Marcus Mariota was 30 of 43 for 344 yards, two touchdowns, did throw the one interception, 
10 carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown, a 63 QBR. Carson Wentz had a 54. Yesterday, a little bit more pronounced between the two quarterbacks. 16 and 24 against the Patriots for 228 yards and two touchdowns, no blemishes. Two carries, 21 yards, one catch, 21 yards, and 88 QBR to Brady's 29.5. And, of course, he checked himself out in the fourth quarter. Now, I've been tough on him, but objectively, he's been quite good in the last three games. He missed a couple of throws. Every quarterback's going to miss a few throws, and he's taken a few sacks that are on him because he hasn't gotten rid of the football when he's under duress. But he seems to be playing well right now, and maybe that glove meant a little bit more than we thought. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just his overall health. Just wasn't in, he, he wasn't in great shape and a great position to play earlier on the season. You know, some of the comments you heard in week two when he didn't play, he's not a tough enough guy. You know, Steve McNair would have played, and Rodgers would have played. The reality is he didn't play because coaches didn't think he was capable of playing. I mean, he was sailing balls in practice. He was off target. He wasn't able to put the zip on the ball. That you that you see now, and that kind of lingered for a couple of weeks, and that's where, why he wore the glove. Uh, it wasn't a fashion statement; he was wearing it because right. he couldn't grip it. And uh, and I think the fact that it came off on Monday night against Dallas, and now we've seen two games in a row, kind of speaks to where he is from a health standpoint. You just got to keep your fingers crossed and hope he doesn't get hit in that same area again. I mean, that's a fluky injury. I've covered the team for a long time, and. Uh, all the injuries Steve McNair had, I, I can't ever remember him having a, a, a situation where the nerve was an issue. And I think if you get hit in that elbow again, we could be back at square one. You just got to hope it doesn't happen. And as long as it doesn't, I think he's he's good to go for the rest of this year. I think he, and I think he's what he's done the last couple of weeks is a sign of things to come. Mark Marcus is playing awfully well right now. What I was mostly impressed with yesterday was obviously this guy's a playmaker. Obviously his athleticism is through the roof. But yesterday he used his feet not to gain yards, not to get out of the pocket and run the ball. He used his feet to, to buy himself some time, always keeping his eyes downfield. He made so many throws over and over where he, he moved in the pocket. He slid, he stepped up, and right before he crossed the line of scrimmage, he threw a dart, you know, most of them to Corey Davis, obviously. But first play of the game, he made a play like that. And then, a first, and then the first touchdown was on a play where he gets rolled out of the pocket and finds Johnny Smith um, in the end zone. And if he can make plays like that, he can scare the defense, man. But I thought yesterday he looked calm, he looked comfortable. Even when they did put pressure on him, he got right back up. He was making throws. He was settling his feet. And he put a lot of throws right on the money. Did he miss some? Absolutely. But... Man, if, if, we can, if we can run the ball like we did and stay out of those adverse situations to where he can just pull the trigger and look and keep his eyes downfield, he can be that playmaking guy, and he showed it the last two weeks. Yeah, one of the things that you always talk about when you think about the New England Patriots and the Alabama Crimson Tide is that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban do the same thing from a coaching standpoint. They take away the thing that you want to do most or the thing that they believe that you could have success against doing the most, and then they say, all right, we're taking away A, beat us with B. So I don't know for sure, but what it felt like was they were not going to let Marcus get out of the pocket laterally, east to west, but instead Marcus just stepped up in the pocket, got close to the line of scrimmage, and found, found ways to win. So it still felt like what they tried to do did not work, and it certainly helps when Corey Davis is out there being a man among boys. Yeah, and I, and I thought going in, I thought they might try to take away Deion Lewis or do some things to limit his effectiveness, and I thought he played well, and 
I, I think you're exactly right on Marcus and what he was able to do, step up in the pocket. That takes a lot of trust and a lot of faith in your offensive lineman that you're going to get protected because Tom Brady didn't have that same feeling no, like yesterday. No, he I mean, did not. He was chucking and ducking on a lot of plays and, and bailing out, trying to get out of there. Marcus put himself in harm's way by staying in there, obviously, but he uh, was kept clean for the most part, didn't take a lot of hits, and uh, that go, that's a big credit to the offensive line. Let's talk about the former Patriots that played wearing Tennessee Titans jerseys yesterday. Logan Ryan sacks Tom Brady in the half, and I joked on Twitter because afterwards Logan picked up Tom, and they just kind of had a moment. I think he probably asked him about the family and then appreciated <laughs> the sack and then walked away. And then Malcolm Butler, who has been legitimately maligned, who had given up six touchdowns as the closest defender in coverage, which was second worst in the NFL. Seven was the lead. Yesterday he was on Hogan, and Hogan had no targets. I don't know if that's as much Butler, or it's just that the Patriots decided not to challenge 21. But then there's Deion Lewis. And Deion Lewis, after the game, was some of the best and most quotable stuff that you're going to hear from an NFL player. I did not know, guys, that Deion Lewis took it personally, that he left New England. He didn't tell us that in the lead-up to the game. He went out there and played like he took it personally, and then after they thrashed the Patriots, he said, yeah, they were cheap, so we kicked their you-know-what. Well, take it from me, I've been passed on and cut a, cut a, cut a couple times and, and fired and all that other stuff. And when you get let go or the guys don't want you back, whether you say it or not, whether you vocalize it and get out there for the media or whatever, there's a chip on your shoulder, man, and there's, there's some revenge you want to get. You want to go out and show what you got, not only to show them what they're missing, but also to beat them down. And, and yeah, we saw that emotion come out from Dion, which I loved uh, on Sunday. But you got Coach Brable as well, and uh, even, uh, even J-Rob coming from, coming from the Patriots organization. Right. Um, a lot of respect for what they have going on in New England, but when you come here, there's no better way to earn that respect than to go beat them down. I love what Coach Vrabel did. I think out of all the former Patriots, Coach Vrabel gets my nod as MVP yesterday. After I'm sure we'll talk about it, but you throw your quarter, you throw your uh, your, your the ball to your quarterback. The series after that they try that he was feeling it, i mean man. it was it was unbelievable and i think even even bilicek had to just go and little tip of the cap nod <laughs> to what Vrabel did and and the titans as a team like i said there's not much more you can say the whole team came out and beat them down from from start to finish but you know those former patriots malcolm butler logan ryan uh Deion lewis all wanted to get a little slice of revenge and not to mention our boy malcolm butler plays 90 percent of snaps last year and then sits out the Super Bowl, he probably had a little something for the Patriots as well. So we loved them. We used them yesterday, and they got us a big win. Yeah, I think everybody had a lot of something for the Patriots yesterday, not just a little something. When we come back on the other side, we will take some of your phone calls. Kelton, Jameson, hang on hold, 615-737-1045 if you'd like to join us. We haven't singled out some guys on the defense. When we come back, the player of yesterday's game might not have been on offense. He might have been in the secondary. We will discuss Monday Night Titans presented by Geico here from Martin's Barbecue on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back in. Monday Night Titans, glad to have you with us. Rainy, cold Monday, but a lot of sunshine, at least in the minds of Tennessee Titans fans after the 34-10 victory, a historic victory I'll give you that stat again before the end of the hour. Over the New England Patriots yesterday. I teased before the break, by the way, Mark Mariani, Jim Wyatt. Join me. I'm Jason Martin. Glad to have you with us. I teased before the break that we had not really even mentioned the name of who I thought might have been the MVP yesterday. 
and his name is Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson was matched up with Josh Gordon basically all day long. Now, Josh Gordon did have four grabs for 81 yards on 12 targets. So eight of those passes didn't end up getting to Josh Gordon. He had that 44-yarder in triple coverage on that first drive. And I will admit that one of the reasons I was so excited to go to the game in particular yesterday is I never got to see Peyton Manning play in person. Never saw him in college. Never saw him in the pros at any stage. I wanted to take Tom Brady off the bucket list. He might be the greatest to ever do it. I wanted to see him in person. What I didn't know is by the end of the game, I was much more impressed with the quarterback on the other side. <laughs> Tom Brady just had no time. The defense had him schemed. They kept him uncomfortable the entire game. That's how you beat him is you get physical with him, make him uncomfortable. He's throwing off his back foot trying to avoid sacks. But I'll start with you, Mark. Adore on Josh Gordon. He was basically a fleece blanket on Josh Gordon all day long. He has come so far in a short period of time for this team in the secondary. Well, and just to add to it, four catches on 12 targets is not good. No, it's not. It's 33%. <laughs> and, and the big one, what he caught on third down uh, on, our, on their very first possession, he wasn't, he wasn't guarding. It was against the zone coverage, just like we hit it to Darius Jennings last week. Um, and so... He did an outstanding job, man. And, and every time you, you saw it, the ones that, that, uh, that they did get on Adoree, they, he made them earn every single thing. He was physical. He was all over the place. He was everywhere. Josh Gordon can be a game wrecker. He can take the ball over the top. He, he runs the Christmas routes there are out there. And Adoree Jackson showed us this week some potential of what we may see in the future. This could be the you know your elite caliber lockdown leave him on an island type corner he has the ability to do that i mean obviously with malcolm butler struggles out there he was put out there and he stepped up to the challenge man and, and i think he made jo uh, josh gibson's day terrible or josh gordon's day terrible yeah and mike Vrabel called him the player of the game he said he played like a number one cornerback on sunday and he definitely did i mean and he has shown so much improvement he's fast he's tough and he's, uh, you know, he's played through some things as well. I, mean, I think he's, he's one of the more underrated guys, not only on this team, but I think in the league. And he, he is going to continue to get better. You know, he thought he did a good job in the return game as well. So Logan Ryan's played extremely well this year. Dory Jackson's played well. Malcolm Butler, I thought, settled down, played better yesterday. One other guy I'm going to mention, the secondary, I almost, Kevin Byers almost a given. He's yeah, you a just ball. know he's going to be they good. He's going to be good. I thought Kenny Vaccaro, he you know, from the well. very first play and throughout this game two games in a row has really given a spark to the defense was he the one that made the tackle on the very first play yes, for right. the Patriots yep. and that thing felt like it it was a tone setting kind of play it was like oh, we're coming after you guys today well, what do we talk about Darius Jennings takes it 58 yards the offense goes and pounds it in and then it's like all right defense's turn first play from scrimmage Kenny Vaccaro comes up and lays the wood on James White and then one of the most surprising stats that I have seen running through here to me is that the Titans only had three sacks. And I'm sitting there, and you, if you would have asked me that question 10 seconds before I read it, I would have said, 62 sacks, yeah, maybe? Right, yeah. I mean, we were in Tom Brady's face all day, on his, at, his, at his toes, all over him. He was scared. I mean, he, was, he would throw balls away, guys, where he didn't even see a receiver. Nah, he, he was, was throwing them to so people's scared. ankles. He was throwing them five yards in front of him just to avoid a sack that the, hadn't even gotten there yet. The, the, the first time he stepped back, it dropped back, we were in his face, and all day long, and I'll tell you what, huge credit to the guys up front. Obviously, we only got home three times, but still, I mean, they made it. They made his day miserable. And, I mean, he, he, he looked very, very average on a day when we all went out to see the GOAT. Yeah, you remember one of the games that Brady and the Patriots lost deep in the playoffs years ago became a meme. 
where Tom Brady was sitting on the ground yep. with his legs outstretched and his head was down with his helmet on. He looked like the saddest three-year-old we've ever seen. <laughs> Yesterday in the fourth quarter, that exact thing happened on the field. The big screen at Nissan Stadium caught it as well, and Brady was in that exact same pose on the ground. Yep. It was the exact same feeling. The Patriots, you kept waiting for Mike Tyson to start throwing punches. But the Tennessee Titans were Buster Douglas, and they weren't having it yesterday. I kept waiting for New England because that's what you do. It's the same thing that happened in the national championship game. Georgia has Alabama beaten, but Alabama's still going to come back, and you have to finish the job. The Patriots, I don't know how many times they've been down and come back and win football games because that's what Bill Belichick does. That's what Tom Brady does. That's what these teams have done for over a decade and nearly 20 years in the league. They couldn't do it yesterday against Tennessee. Every time you looked up, it was Tennessee making another play. It stunned everybody. I went back and watched Red Zone last night, and the very first play of the game, the Jennings play that you mentioned, the return, all of a sudden Red Zone pulls it over to Titans Patriots, and they and Scott Hansen of the NFL Network even seems shocked. He's like, guys, the Titans are in Patriots territory off the opening kick. Let's, <laughs> let's see what happens here. Almost like, all right, well, we're waiting for the Titans to tighten this thing. And then, boom, Corey Davis. And then, boom, touchdown. Wait a second, they've scored. Red zone looks shocked. And then by the end of the game, red zone was just like, yeah, the Titans are the better team today. Yeah, and I think from a, de a defensive standpoint, because it was across the board, I thought, you know, it was a great performance in all three phases. Defensively, the plan was to tack him up the middle, hit him early. Wesley Woodruff said if you, if you can get him, keep him unhappy, hit him early, he's going to start yapping to his linemen. He's going to start yapping at the receivers, and that, that happened numerous times. He was in guys' faces. He was frustrated all the way through until he got replaced late. Yeah, yeah and it, it was and just a tough day. And, and with, with that, that D-line, I mean, listen, no, no human being on this planet is going to is going to block Jarrell Casey for that long. So he's getting off every snap, getting up the gut, and you have so many one-on-ones and so many guys. I mean, Rashawn Evans is playing great. Harold Landry's playing great around the edge. He was disruptive. And uh, you got your boy Rack, and ho hopefully soon we'll have Morgan back. But with this D-line right now getting after people, trying to hold up again against one-on-ones, Dean Pease is scheming for Wesley Woodyard to get matched up against one-on-one uh, -on, -one on their running back. It's just not going to happen. We're going to get home, and we're going to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. And, I mean, that's, that's something that we can carry over no matter what happens because we'll be consistently relentless with those guys up front every week. Oh, I absolutely agree. Our telephone number is 615-737-1045 if you want to join us. Jameson in Iowa has been waiting for a while. Jameson, how are you this evening? I'm doing amazing, guys. Still buzzing off that amazing curve stomping that our Titans gave the Patriots yesterday. That was amazing uh, curve stomping. I loved the aggressive show by both Dean Pease and Matt LaFour. Basically, he had the former gas and they didn't at all because, like I said before, Patriots do like to come back. So we make sure uh, we never let up, never give them a chance to see make them out, come back. And also, I do agree, Dory Jackson was amazing. It's like Dean Pease basically said, all right, Dory, go sick, uh, Josh Gordon. They said make his day miserable. And then the this line, they said Tom Brady basically guessing that I think he was seeing ghosts from the Super Bowl against the Giants the first time he was in the Giants. Because, I mean, he was yipping. I mean, he was throwing horrible passes. So I love seeing that. And then the young maestro, Marcus Mariota. Oh, my good Lord, was he having a day yesterday. My I man, love you. No worries. You're, fi you're firing I mean, on all cylinders, cylinders Jameson. We appreciate we you joining get, us on the show. We Jameson on every week. Jameson's fired up. The last <laughs> time we did this show, we had somebody give this team an F. 
and try to defend Derrick Henry in the same point. Derrick Henry with two touchdowns yesterday. We haven't talked about that. Maybe we will in the final segment. But Jamison, I think, is reflective of how Music City feels because they did not see this coming. They were so close to feeling apathetic at 3-4. and four. If you go down and you lose to Dallas and you fall to 3-5, and five, there's no way you do that to the Patriots yesterday. All of a sudden you're 3-6 and six and the season's over. But you go down, you answer the bell after that bad first quarter, you beat the Cowboys, summarily beat the Cowboys, and then you come back and do that to the Patriots. Look, we love the Preds, and we're going to support the Nashville Predators in this town. But the Titans ain't done, and they made sure that we're going to pay attention to the rest of their season. Yeah, and, and two big games coming up. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the lesson from here, and I think guys talked about it, uh, and, and Kevin Byers said it. You know, last time they got to feeling themselves, these are his words, they lost three games in a row, and now you've got two games against AFC South teams, against an Indianapolis Colts team that's won three in a row, against a Texans team that's won six in a row on Monday night. Things are not going to get easier, and I think if you're a Titans fan, you just wanted to put yourself in a position to be hanging around in December because it's a, it's a pretty favorable December schedule with four out of five games at home. Uh, to get there, I think it's, these, these next two games are really important, and I think, guys, you know, the tension is there after what happened following the Eagles' loss. Eagles win, I should say. Yeah, going to Buffalo uh, right. after saying and demanding respect. You've got a little bit of respect. People are willing to start listening again. They're starting to mention your name again. Now you just go play football. we got one more segment. We will take Kelton, your phone call. Sorry we didn't get to you in this one. We'll get to you in the final segment. We will look ahead to that game in Indianapolis as well as the Texans game. Two huge division games await the Tennessee Titans next. This is Monday Night Titans presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Martin's Barbecue, Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone, along with former Titans Pro Bowler Mark Mariani and TitansOnline.com senior editor and writer Jim Wyatt. I am Jason Martin, 615-737-1045. We will preview the Indianapolis game, and it's going to be a while until the Titans are back at home, and it seems like it had been a while since they had been at home, but what that portends for the future is, you get four of the last six at home. So the Titans' schedule, which already looks pretty appetizing from an opposing standpoint, also looks good from a home field advantage standpoint. Yeah, no doubt. And obviously we know that we got two big division games coming up. But one quick thing back to these last two games, man, is here's the deal. There's some amazingly positive things that we can build on that we've done because we've talked about it. We didn't just win these games. We dominated them. And, and I'm going to preface this by saying I was a receiver. I love the receiving room. My quarterbacks on Madden have 800 attempts per game, okay? And I'm going to tell you this. Here's the recipe for su success for the Tennessee Titans against the Dallas Cowboys. 36 rushes for 125 yards. And then we went 11 of, 20, 11 of 14 on third downs. Against the New, New England Patriots, 36 rushes for 150 yards. And we went 5 of 12 on third down. Listen, man, if we run the ball like that, it, what it does is, it, back to Marcus Mar Mariota, what it does is it cuts down, it gets this ball into third and short, third and short, third and short, third and manageable, first down, second down, first down, move the chains. If we run the ball like that, this offense can be as, as high profile as it wants, but if we run the ball and this defense goes out and plays the way it does, we're going to be very hard to beat, especially this week in Indianapolis. The 11-14 was really, really impressive. It was the highest total at 78.5% third down conversions that anyone, not just the Titans, but anyone has had in the 
NFL this year, and that was in stark contrast. They had struggled a bit on third down in the games preceding. It is such a crucial down, and Mark, I think, made the point, Jim, you've got to get ahead of the chains. You can't let first down and 10 end up being third down and 14. You can't run negative. You can't get negative plays. You've got to get yourself third and six, third and four, third and three, and we're seeing more of that. And Marcus being able to pass the ball a little bit more effectively is giving you a chance on those downs. Yeah, and it all kind of works together. You mentioned Derrick Henry as well before we went to the break. I think he played a really good game. He was he very limited in his snaps, but he was very productive when he played. I think he gave the team what it was looking for, and Mike Vrabel talked so much about rewarding players who perform well. I would think Derrick Henry's probably earned himself some additional snaps and additional carries moving forward. No, I would agree. Kelton in Mount Juliet has waited patiently throughout the hour. Kelton, how are you? What's going on, man? How are you guys doing tonight? Good. What's up, Kelton? Man, all right, guys. Uh, I'm actually supposed to be there right now. My shout-out to my brother-in-law. He's actually sitting on the front row watching you guys. I you there. there he is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm actually... <laughs> What's up, Ryan? <laughs> I'm in the next best place. I got a short Titan Blue minibus in my driveway. I'm a grown man sitting out here in the Titan Blue. I couldn't be more excited about that W we got yesterday, baby. I'm telling you, this is a team, man. I feel so special with it. I've been a fan for a long time. It's been a long time coming. They're listening to us, so guess what? I want the Titans fan base to listen to me. I need to hop on board, guys, because these guys not only have heart and dedication, they have each other's back. And I feel like us as a city need to have their back. It's our time. We're a football city. On top of a hockey city. I'm tired of all of it. We're a sports city now, so let's go. I want to hear Let's go. Let's go, Kelton. Let's up. go, man. Kelton is fired up. And his hey, relative what, is fired man. up as well. I love that, man. I'll take as much of that as I can get. We'll take a million callers if you want to do that, man. I'm ready. See these brick walls? I'll run through everyone. That was beautiful. <laughs> Kelton, we love you, man. Thank you. That's right. Hey, that's Titans fans, man. That's Titans fans. That's the way it's been since the moment I got here, since how it's been for years and years, man. They've, they've been through with us through the ups and downs. And we, you know, we are so we're so honored to take that field, and uh, the fans deserve it, man. Fans deserve a great performance, and they got it this weekend. All right, let's stop right there because you just you, you just used the word honor, and this is not a Harold Landry joke. <laughs> I just want to say, even though it was yesterday, I thought that Nissan Stadium and the Titans did a great job celebrating a day that we should remember, not just Sunday the 11th, but 365 days a year, and that's Veterans Day. All of our wonderful veterans, of course, that have served this country, they are the absolute best of us. You know, I don't care what you believe about the anthem or politically or anything. I know that if I'm sitting there and I hear somebody say, we're about to honor a veteran, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to find that person. I'm going to acknowledge their sacrifice. I'm going to acknowledge what they were willing to do for this country. Probably lost some friends, may have lost some loved ones in combat. I just want to say thank you to them on behalf of this show. And certainly, I thought the Titans did a great job, as did the rest of the league yesterday, in honoring all of our vets. I thought so, too. And I thought that's very well said, what you just said. My father was in the crowd wearing his Marine Corps hat and uh, you know, the, the flower before the game. I mean, it's always a, an emotional day and a, a day that certainly the, the league tries to recognize everyone that's made the sacrifice that they have. Yeah, and the helicopters, that was a nice touch. 
really low nice touch. Too, Boy, they, they were yeah, low flying. Right. <laughs> and Almost then they too low. They frightened they took me at first. Strong right through downtown <laughs> and past the Batman building. I watched it. I was standing there. I'm like, wow. They're just clip. They're giving everybody a clean shave on the outside of the stadium. <laughs> no, it was it was absolutely fantastic. We'll take one more phone call before we get out of here tonight. Joey in Portland. Joey, what's up, buddy? Hey guys. You know I I, I love the Titans. Been a fan since I came to town. But, you know, this year it just seems like Jayon Brown is the unsung hero of defense. I mean, he's got, what, five and a half sacks this year, and you just really don't hear his name. But where do y'all see him stepping up his game and or continuing to do what he does? Well, I think it's a good question. I think it's a good point. I think one thing that we have found out about Jayon Brown is, look, I think that Avery Williamson did a lot of really good things while he was here. Jayon Brown looks like he has a higher ceiling to me. Like what he's doing, and you mentioned it earlier, Mark, just from an energy standpoint, that dude really looks like he's one of those spark plug kind of guys. Yeah, there's no taking away that, that in my opinion, that Jarrell Casey is this defense's MVP and that with Wesley Woodyard wearing the hat, he's our captain. But I'll tell you what, Jayon Brown, he is the spark plug, man. He goes out there, he gets everybody fired up. He's out there beating on guys' chests. He's, go, he's celebrating after he makes the play or you make the play or I make the play or we make the play like we saw on the NFL Network the other day. I mean, you are 100% right. That caller hit it on the head. Jalen Brown is flying around making plays, and he's, he's making ele everybody elevate their game with his attitude. Jim, I haven't, seen the, I haven't seen the stats tallied up for this week, but he was leading this team in sacks. He was leading this team in tackles. He was good throughout the offseason. So it, it, just to be a year two guy, he's going to keep getting better. What's the key this week? you got about 45 seconds left. What's the key to the week and the key to beating Indianapolis? Yeah, I think defensively, I think you've got, you know, this team's never beaten Andrew Luck. He swept the Colts last year both games. He wasn't in them. So I think you've got to be able to pressure him, do some of the things you did to Tom Brady uh, on Sunday. And, and we kind of touched on it earlier. I think you've got to be able to run the football to open up some other things. It's a big, big game, obviously, for both teams. Huge game, and it matters, and the Tennessee Titans have a season. They've won two in a row. They went two big D and pretty much shut down the Dallas Cowboys, who looked a little better last night on Sunday Night Football against the defending champs. And then they punked the New England Patriots. That's the best descriptor that I have for it. They beat them down. Another team that beat a team down this weekend, the Tennessee Vols. They beat the Kentucky Wildcats. We send you to Big Orange Hotline. For Mark and Jim, I'm Jason. Good night. God bless.